Hey guys, welcome to Is What It Is, a podcast where the life and times of Isabella, aka myself, shape my opinions, advice, storytelling, and decision making. Nothing's off limits, so let's get into it. Hi, okay, love it is starting off by barking. Let's fucking go, we're back. Okay. Hello everyone. It has been a minute. I was just thinking, I'm like, I have not recorded since before Christmas and so many weird feelings on it because I wanted to start the podcast because I love it, like the puppy, and enjoy sharing with everyone and it's like something I feel good about. But I don't know if anyone can relate when it's something you like doing that feels so hard to do. But anyway, that was... That was me, but I'm just glad to be back. I feel fucking rejuvenated. I'm taking a week off work right now for no other reason than to just chill. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm sleeping in, staying up late, podcasting, partying, talking, FaceTiming, listening minimally. Don't ask me to listen. It's not in my vernacular. Um, But anyway, I'm so glad to be back and I appreciate all my hundreds of thousands of prescribers, sorry pharmacy on the brain, subscribers for giving me the opportunity to step away for my own personal reasons. So pretty much I love podcasting and talking to myself, shocker to no one. Okay. I felt like I was really, I couldn't really pinpoint it at the time, but I feel like Looking back on the last episode of season one, I can see where I was just really struggling to like pinpoint where I was in life, how I felt, different things going on. Like, and I can now with some time, I can pinpoint it into certain directions. Like, I think quarantine hit heavy and was like catching up with me combined with seasonal feelings of. I mean, I don't want to say depression because I never felt depressed, but just for, to make it simple, like just feeling low with cold, rainy, shitty weather. And then also combined with feeling kind of confused about where I am in my career and if the path I'm on right now is something I want to do. Like I feel really lucky to have the title, salary, opportunity to do what I'm doing. Also, in that same breath, feel like it's not completely fulfilling. Don't tell my boss this. Um, So anyway, it's, it's weird. You know, I have, and that's what I want to talk about too, is this thing that's happened to me. I was talking to someone about it recently. Like, I feel like I grew up in the gates of Rock Barn country club and spa and golf course um but yeah with a very much this mindset of like this is how we do things and like stay the path and become a career and I was fortunate enough uh I mean I was primarily raised with my mom I'm fortunate enough with her that I was raised to have feminist and progressive ideas through her even though the setting was a little bit 
not ideal, I think, for my mind. But also when you're growing up, it's like, is it my mind or what? But that's the great thing about getting older is you're able to define who you are outside of how you grew up. So anyway, I have this feeling of like, I really want to climb the ladder, stick it to the man, carve my own way out in the world, be competitive, be business-minded, like full steam ahead. And then also this other really significant part of me that wants to be creative and share and see new things and talk to people and just do everything under the sun. Da, 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 da. So I think all that to say that is really what the last three months have been for me is trying to understand how my current trajectory and career path and decisions feel for me and within my soul and is it sitting right and it wasn't really and I knew it wasn't but I didn't know exactly what to do about it so that's why I took some time just to figure out okay like what can I control which I think is the big question in life and something and a piece of advice that I would give to anyone is like really pinpointing what can you control and having the courage to change it and talking to my mom she was saying the opposite of anxiety is action which really helped me and hit home with me because it and that's where I was stuck, I think, in the last episode was like, well, what if this action causes me more anxiety? Like, the good thing about action is it's going to push you, all, who knows, all over the place, but you won't be where you are. And I think that's the important thing. And that's where anxiety finds itself is staying in a particular space, thought, mindset. So everyone, go get them, switch it up. Also, it's breakup season, everyone. Break up. You're not happy. You're not happy with your boyfriend. Sorry. Hate to tell you, it's time. You grow so much from one relationship to the next. This year has been a wild ride. If you have been listening or are friends with me, it's been a wild ride of fridges and life and men and complications and love and life and happiness and sadness and everything else um but I between October and sorry something in my eye excuse me between October and February I was dating someone who I thought I liked and I did like they were kind to me and pretty cool but it just like was continually not sitting well with me, but I couldn't really, it felt like a me problem. Like, let me just work it out or figure this out. Or I'm like, I'm lucky enough to be with someone that's nice enough. Like that sounds like such pussy shit now that I'm saying it out loud. But like, this is a podcast about being honest and being vulnerable and saying what's on your mind. So for me, it was about... Yeah, feeling like, well, if I can, like, contort a little bit or manipulate myself a little bit, then this situation will work out, which I think 
I, what I came to find out is I was constantly, not what I came to find out, I fucking knew it the whole time. I was constantly annoyed at him. I felt like he wasn't showing up in the right ways and vice versa. He thought I was showing up in the wrong ways, which come to find out it was just incompatibility. No love lost. All good. We broke up on Valentine's Day because why not? I'm like, if we're going to break up, let me do this in the most dramatic fashion possible, right? Because drama queen. So that has been a big thing. So anyway, um, I want to fill you in on everything. All the drama, the highs, the lows, like that breakup, it sucked. It didn't suck that bad. It was four months and it was my doing, which is always a good chair to be in, right? But it still was sad. Anyway, it doesn't matter anymore. Good night and goodbye. And yeah, the other part of that was like, not as I mentioned before, like, what am I doing? And I'm director of marketing for this pharmaceutical company that's really profitable. And I have a lot of opportunity and they give me all these things. But I think it's important to always go back to your roots and who you are. And for me, I knew and still know, I mean, I still am appreciative of my job and want to keep my job. And that's great because I still think at the end of the day, like money and stability is of utmost importance. But I knew I wanted something more for myself. And so I'm happy to announce after um, one hour ago today on, I was said July 18th. That doesn't make any sense. Is it even the 18th? Yeah, it is. Okay, March 18th. March 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I finished my real estate class. So yes, for the past 10 weeks, I've been discreetly on the low, getting my fucking real estate license. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so excited about it. It was a little bit of a pain in the ass because it was 5.30 to 9.30, Tuesday, Thursday, which for all those that are doing something on the side and have a nine to five, it just makes for a long day. And trying to be on a Zoom call for four hours, like was there times I turned off the camera and slept? Maybe. Do I still know everything? Yes. Can you com trust me completely? For sure. Um, so yeah, I just wrapped that up. So now the big thing is just passing the test, which I think will be difficult, but doable, right? As is everything in life. So anyway, I'm super excited. The thought of real estate is cool to me because I truly love home. I love creating spaces that feel comfortable. I love making someone else's home come to life and what that means to them. I love family. I love working with people and I love business and just all these things. Like now that I've done it, it seems like a no brainer, but I just never thought to do it. But to me now looking at it, I'm like, this is a complete marriage of things that are really important to me. So I am just thrilled to try to help, you know, namely friends and family, obviously to start off, but just anyone and just grind for them, be their manager, sort things out, get the best deal possible. Let's go, baby. So yes, I'm very excited about that. Uh, and I've also started seeing someone new, which 
you're like, really? Because um, February 14th was but, but a wee month ago. Mm-hmm. No days off for this bitch. I didn't mean to see be seeing someone new. This isn't like a dating app situation or anything. I actually coincidentally was with my ex when I asked for this new guy's name, which I'll explain that later. It'd probably be a funnier story with him. But anyway, he is super creative and talented and honestly, at the end of the day, just a very good friend of mine. I'm, I'm actively putting him in the friend zone. Kidding. No, it just, it's cool to really enjoy someone um, foundationally. And I think that's, now that I'm entering this chapter, I mean, who knows what'll happen and that's fine. And either one of us could change our mind at any point. But I think what I've appreciated about this dynamic is that there truly is a similar foundation of what we enjoy doing, talking about, being around, discussing, also have similar senses of humor, which is so critical. And I keep forgetting that. Like, don't be with anyone that doesn't laugh at the same shit as you. I don't care what it is. You can laugh at anything. Just find someone else that also laughs at the same stuff. So, all that to say is I think there is a great mutual respect, at least from my end. And I... I think he's awesome and I'm excited to have him on. Maybe I'm going to try to convince him maybe to come on tonight. We'll see. Double podcast night because I'm back, baby. Okay, so that's that's the latest. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The only other good drama is that I got a call from a no-caller ID number from a woman asking me if I was dating my ex. This was like a week after we broke up. And they said their name was Alicia. And was I dating M star, 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 B, star, 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 star? And I was like, not anymore. And they were like, well, I think he was seeing us at the same time. And I was like, okay. Like, that's fine. I'm already in love with someone else. So check you later. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. Um, I actually couldn't talk to her at the time because I was in live therapy via zoom so i'm sure that was great material for my therapist she's like this bitch is real crazy i thought she was bad before but it turns out she's got a whole other dimension of crazy fucked upness so big shots out to alicia whoever you are out there enjoy life lots of love from me all good so that was fun she never called yeah so anyway i told her i had to call her back but um I couldn't call her back because it was no call ID, so I told her to call me back. She never called back, but it doesn't really matter because we've all moved on, right? So, cool. I think it is time to have a sip and get into the meat of today. So, the meat of today, as a single podcaster, no guest, today is to finally discuss with the world my true passion, which is JonBenet Ramsey. 
Yes, it's time. If you know me, you know JBR, baby. Let's go. So I feel like I have a lot of people I know that know the story, or so they think they don't. And I just wanted to give like the quickest synopsis possible for no other reason than that I think it's really fascinating. And if at any point you feel like tuning out or turning off this podcast, now would be the time because this isn't really relevant to any life situation besides my own satisfaction. Okay, so on December 25th, 26, 1996, Jean Benet Ramsey was found. Okay, sorry, sorry, messed it up. Jean Benet Ramsey was a little girl living in Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. She was a beauty pageant contestant. She was the daughter of Patsy and John Ramsey, second marriage for John, at least. I don't know, it doesn't matter. They, it was Christmas night. They had had a great Christmas, which I'm so glad that she went missing slash died post-Christmas, because wouldn't that suck to die right before Christmas? So at least she got, at least she got a good one in. But anyway, she went to bed on the night of December 25th with plans to wake up with her family really early to travel via their private jet. And her mom woke up to go make like a cup of tea or coffee in the morning and came upon a three-page ransom note that was pretty much from this organization saying they had Jean Bonnet and they wanted, I think it was like $180,000 worth of ransom. And it's the longest ransom note in history. And, which is really significant because why, the ransom note is just so multifaceted. And I'll start by saying that it's multifaceted because it's three pages. It's written out, handwritten, but still three pages is long. And the paper and the pen it was written on were found to be inside the home. It was not the intruder's pen nor paper. So, and there's also a halfway written ransom note found in the trash. So there is an intruder, if you so believe this theory, which I do, and I'll come back to. There is an intruder coming into this home to write and then rewrite a ransom note with a pad and pen they found. And this is really the big problem with the intruder theory, I think, is if you're going into a home, A, that's just scary. I mean, even if you know the layout, just being in there and then trying to find enough light and be quiet enough in the middle of the night to write for 15 plus minutes at a time and then place it. Ugh, I don't know about it. It's fishy. I understand. Whatever. Patsy came down to find the note on the stairs saying that Jean Bonnet had been kidnapped. And obviously she's frantic. And I'm saying this, the way I'm telling this story is from the perspective that I think that the family, everyone in the family, parents, brother, everyone is innocent. So that's how I'll be telling the story. 
But if you find this note, you're going crazy, right? Like, she runs upstairs to JonBenet's room. Nowhere to be found. The son, their son, Burke, 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 is soundly asleep. She freaks out. Uh, I think calls some friends and family and then calls 911. And then everyone infiltrates the house. She's nowhere, which is to be expected because she's kidnapped for ransom. So now it's about bringing the FBI in to set up the phone tap in case when, when and if the intruder calls for ransom instructions because that was included in the note that they will be calling. That call never comes, um, which is another mark against the family, I guess you could say. And this is obviously an active crime scene. I don't know if in the 90s and given this scenario that they, it doesn't seem they viewed it that way. And I don't blame the family for that because if someone was missing, I would also call anyone and everyone and just have everyone come over and look everywhere. What can we do? Anyway, everyone looked everywhere. She's nowhere to be found. But somehow, John, the father, and his friend go downstairs to the basement and they open up a room, a small room that's not doesn't isn't really utilized and they find Jean Benet covered with a blanket a sheet she has a garrote around her neck and has been choked to death and John immediately picks her up again not a great look because contamination but I also feel as if I would do the same I mean we've never been in that situation it, to him it's his little girl he picks her up Brings her upstairs, lays her down. She's blue. She's cold. She's obviously deceased. And that's when this whole thing just goes haywire. Because obviously there's, not, there's no call coming in because she's there. And I think that's where everyone's so confused about why the effort of going into the house, writing the ransom note, ram, ramsham? Ransom note with a fear of being caught just to kill the little girl and leave her in the house. And to that, I don't have an answer. The only plausible answer I can think of is that she either was making, I think, was making too much noise and the circumstances to get out of the house through this tiny window that was attached to that basement room it was implausible um, and it just was a situation where maybe too much force was used intentionally or unintentionally she died they got out the killer has never been found and yeah pretty much the other clues to this situation was there was a suitcase found beneath the window um, the window was open and a human male or female human body could fit through to access that area. The other weird thing though is the materials, some of the materials uh, found 
to kill her were from the home. Patsy was, the mother was a painter. So the mechanism used to choke JonBenet was a rope with a paintbrush, Patsy's paintbrush. So again, it kind of comes back to the same thing as the ransom note. Do you enter the house? with the intention of I will find a murder weapon when I get in the house. Seems weird, but if memory serves me correctly, I don't believe the rope, or she was also found with tape over her mouth, I don't believe the rope or the tape are from inside the house. And also just a side note, which is really cool, I think, is I've always liked this case it's very intriguing on many aspects, but a few months ago, actually probably a year ago, who knows, there was at the Patrick Beaver Memorial Library in Hickory, North Carolina, there was a special seminar, it's not the right word, a special discussion where they were discuss discussing the JonBenet Ramsey case, which is just so interesting. I'm like, well, I'm glad to know I'm not a Looney Tune by myself. There's others of us out there, cool, girl power. So I drug my, I drugged my whole family. Yes, no, I dragged, I don't know if it dragged or drug. I dragged my whole family, my mom, my stepdad, and Tommy, my brother, to come after work to this like hour and a half discussion on the JonBenet Ramsey case, which the main speaker was Jameson which is a woman, a housewife in Hickory that has become obsessed with the JonBenet Ramsey case. It just is coincidence that we both like it, but like if, if you think I talk about JonBenet Ramsey, this woman has flown into another hemisphere on her dissection, obsession, knowledge of this case. She has met John and Patsy Pats, Ramsey on multiple occasions. Um, there's the train. Hey, girl. And has flown out to Colorado, has met with lead investigators, has so much information for a normal civilian. It's honestly incredible. But she spoke about it, and I was so enlightened to find out the Jameson, which is her stage name, screen name, whatever, her stripper name, that she also believes in the intruder theory because the going theory through popular media is that the parents did it. And as I've mentioned, there is, I wouldn't say substantial evidence, but evidence that is hard to place to for the parents to be innocent, but nonetheless, doesn't matter. And Either the parents did it or the biggest one, I think, was the CBS special maybe a year or two ago where the blame was heavily put on Burke Ramsey and him accidentally killing JonBenet with a flashlight and the parents trying to cover it up, which just doesn't make any sense to me because this is a normal, well-to-do family. If one of your children accidentally hurts one of your other children, and you're a rational person, which by all accounts they are, and they have great reputations and are sane-minded people, your instinct is not, let me figure out how to not frame my nine-year-old, I mean, he's a nine-year-old kid. He's not going to go to jail 
because he accidentally hit her hit his sister too hard, right? Your instinct isn't going to be to like come up with this elaborate story and write all these ransom notes and call the police and da -da 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 -da. like it's just way too intricate for that narrative to make sense. And it doesn't make sense. And shouts out to Burke Ramsey for suing the ever-living shit out of CBS. I think it's CBS for running that special and blaming him. So I think he is living well on his millions because he, he did settle that civil lawsuit for a hefty sum. From what I read. From what my friends tell me. So all that to come back to that... I then, after hearing this discussion, I reached out to Jameson and we met at Cafe Gouda for all my 828 folks and had like a two hour discussion just about everything and she's out there but she knows her stuff in and out and super interesting to really talk to someone so close to the source and hear her thoughts which is that it was an intruder and her th her decision making is based on the fact that there are taser marks on John Bonet's body which would um, mean that maybe that was used to silence the child in question JBR and there's also blood in her underwear and there's also unknown male DNA in her underwear so it's just a lot of things that don't add up to it being an intruder and unfortunately none of the physical DNA unknown DNA has ever been matched and that's the hard part about it. And I personally believe that the answer lies in that unfound DNA. Um, so anyway, just had a lot of really cool discussions with Jameson. She's been a big part of a lot of huge televised specials. Like I said, she's worked with investigators and people close to the case with the family. So it's just really interesting. Um, so I guess all that to say is we really still don't know, but that is kind of the big picture and I can, I'm sure everyone's dying for me to go and not dying. Sorry, Jean-Benet, it's too close, joke's too close to home for you. Um, no, uh, dying for me to go into more detail, I don't think they are, but yeah, that's it. And the weird thing, here's the fun little Isabella fun fact about all this is Jameson and I figured out that her daughter Becky the balloon lady blew up balloons for my seventh birthday so it's all coming home it's all in one everything's universal oh, cyclical coming I'm coming back Yes. So there you have it. Uh, there's obviously so much more to this story and it's so frustrating, I think, for everyone that is interested in this case to not know where the truth lies. I mean, I pray every night that when I go to heaven, the answer appears to me 
and then you can shoot me straight back down to hell. That's the only thing I want out of heaven is to find out who killed John Benet Ramsey. Or maybe I'm her reincarnated. What do you guys think? Kind of look like. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. 15 minutes is already too long to be talking about this. So anyway, please let me know your thoughts and who you think did it. Shouts out to Jameson. Shouts out to Becky the Balloon Lady. And rest in peace to John for listening to is what it is to know more visit my website at isabellazal.com or my instagram at why music is by the remarks out of charlotte north carolina you can expect new episodes whenever the fuck i get around to it and i will catch you next time be you or be don't <laughs>